hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. So the other good than news, gagging on our microphones. <laughs> um, so the good news for all of you who like bitchy Alina is I managed to have another annoying fucking day today. So probably going to be going in on a couple of people if I had to guess. What's um, going on? Like Mercury's not in retrograde. Something else is happening with you over the past few weeks. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been not not feeling it, not having a good day. I've been tired. I've, I slept a lot, but um, basically, I woke up this morning. Well, Mark woke me up early to like inform me of something that probably could have waited till I woke up. To be honest, um, he was like, "Oh, I know that I told you I'd do this. I'd go to like the Dodgers game with you this week, but I have like a, a, a concert that I already said I was going to," and I was just like. Okay. (laughs) You had to wake me up at seven o'clock on a Sunday for that. Cool. Um, So then I proceeded to get up to pee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like that, like morning when you're kind of like, you're like half asleep, whatever. So, like, I'm sitting there, not kidding. I'm just like sitting on the bowl like this, eyes like closed. I'm pretty sure. And out of nowhere, my 32 year old back just decides to straight up just like spasm. And I was like, oh no. So I had to then like make an emergency appointment with my physical therapist. And then I found out that my favorite pair of sunglasses is gone. I'm really upset about it. I know that that's like so ridiculous. And like, I know that I I talk about like life is, you know, there's other shit that's important, but. Little blue um, dot, little blue dot reminder. I know, but they were my favorite sunglasses. I get that. I get that. That wait, can you buy like is it still something that you no. would find? No. They don't make them anymore. Oh. And you know I don't ever like splurge on like designer shit for myself. Yeah. And they were Which ones? Which ones were these? They were my black Gucci ones that I always wear. Oh no. I'm really upset about it. And to be oh, very clear, really I got them at Century 21 before they went out of <laughs> out of business during the pandemic. So I paid like not full price for them. But still, the fact of the matter is they were just like my favorite sunglasses and they don't make them anymore, which is why it's really sad. Oh, I mean, yeah, so I get that. That's why I know it's going to sound so weird, but I will buy multiples of something that I love um, hmm. just because I'm very well aware that uh, fashion is fickle and uh, things tend Leading. to go out of stock quickly and things and, and trends change. And so I don't want to have to wait 20 years for something to become popular again, at, i.e. mom jeans and middle parts <laughs> and all of that. So <laughs> just being honest. Well, <laughs> I will never be down with the fucking mom jeans. I still wear skinny jeans. I do have some straight legs, but I'm not going to lie. Not my thing. Uh, as you know, you know how I feel about yeah. Gen Z, but. Well, anyway, also, so like, I'm sorry, but like, I kind of need to like understand from people because, okay, I get it. It's like a fashion trend now, but for me, being the curvier shape that I am, like, straight jeans just don't fucking look good. 
Like they just make me look a lot larger than I am because it's like, you have no shape. Boom. So I think I don't have curves, but I feel like that's part of my problem Mm. with wearing things that are not fitted, like a fitted silhouette. I feel like in general, I tend to look bigger just because I'm like a, I'm I'm a big person in general. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm just I'm just a You're tall. My volume. Yeah. Is like is bigger than the average person. So I feel like when I wear straight leg jeans or whatever it is, or like baggier clothes, I just I just look like just a big monstrosity walking down the street. So Same. I think it's you gotta find straight leg jeans that are stretchy, which I think are very hard to find, but I think that's the key. I have a couple of pairs that I like. Mm. But I don't know. There's just something about the, the the skinny jean. They tend to have a little bit more stretch in them. They're more comfortable. They're more flattering. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I don't have straight leg jeans, but I'm just saying I'm still going to continue to wear my skinny jeans. And if that means that you know I'm in my 30s, I'm very okay with that. There's it's not a fucking scarlet letter to be in your goddamn 30s, guys. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. I went to dinner with uh, we went to dinner with our friend and her niece is in town, like Gen Z. Um, mm. She was like adorable, and like at one point I look over, I was like, "Can I ask what app you're using?" <laughs> I was like, "That's not TikTok. That's definitely not Instagram." I was like, "That's not messages." I was like, "What are you?" She's like, "Oh, it's Snap." I was like, "People still use fucking Snap." Anyway, moral of the story Somehow. is I aged myself so much during that meal. She didn't know what Derek Jeter was. And I was like, oh. But, like, that's also, like, a sports thing, right? So not everyone is into sports. Yeah, but everybody from our generation, like, had a crush on Derek Jeter when we were younger. I didn't. Okay, fine. Not everybody, but a lot of people. I've never, like, I don't give a shit about baseball either, but I know who Derek Jeter is. Fair enough. Can I also I'm also find, a New Yorker. Like, I also find it fucking hilarious that for some odd reason, like, Snap came out during our generation but like now it's having a resurgence with Gen Zers. Uh yeah, no, I, I I don't know, I don't understand it. Apparently they just I don't know, it's like better than a text message and not quite a DM. Interesting. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. But um yeah, it was just very. It, it was it was a very jarring experience because I feel like that was like the first time I was like with like a real Gen Zer that wasn't like my nephew who kind of tries to act like he's a millennial when he's around us. Like she mm. was straight up just like, "No, you're fucking old," and I was very confused wow. about the entire situation. Like, <laughs> no, wow. she didn't say that, but like it was very clear that that's what she was thinking, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I cool. don't know how I would feel if somebody called me old, like in that moment. I'd be like, excuse me, what? It, yeah. Did you just say it, me? It, no, no, no. She didn't call me old, but it was very clear that she was like, you're old. Uh, but yeah, anyway, enough Dear about that. Lord. Enough okay, about that. Well. Literally, I think the only thing worse than like your back just giving the fuck out on you while you're peeing is yeah. like this, oh, a sneeze in my back decided to give out on me. So that's the next thing that's going to push me over the edge from an age perspective. <laughs> I also feel like a lot of the people that we're talking about today are, are like from our generation. Yeah. I was going to so. say, I was like, I wonder, well, there are some TikTok things that I think are relevant on here. 
Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's get into it. Uh-huh. Um, so this is our basic bitch quickie segment for those that are joining us new and old. Um, actually, we're not going to say old, <laughs> new and or <laughs> consistent <laughs> listeners, viewers. OG um, listeners. OGs, the OG listeners. Um, essentially, it's where we sort of do a round, uh, round robin, if you will, uh, sort of top of the news headlines, and we just give sort of our top of mind thoughts on them. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of start off with the first topic. So as a lot of people know, Beyonce launched Renaissance or released Renaissance, mm-hmm. or it was leaked to the fuck knows. Um, and there's all this drama that has now popped up with Khalees. And I don't know if folks remember who Khalees is. You better. Uh, you fucking better if you are listening. You better if you're listening you to this. Better. Um, if you grew up, you know, around the same time we all grew up, um, it is, Khalees is known primarily for milkshakes. My milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard and then like, it's funny than yours, damn right. What other songs does she sing? She's done a lot. She's done a lot. I can't think of top of mind what she's done, but, um, Mm -hmm. I used to listen to her stuff. Hold on. We're, I'm going to actually pull this up while we're talking about it, but, um, okay, okay. But uh, essentially, she came out and... Okay, so context. Not only did Beyonce's album launch, apparently there's a song on there where she samples Milkshake, right? And Khalees came out and essentially said, yo, nobody asked for my permission and Beyonce knows me and could have easily texted me and been like, hey, just a heads up, this is happening. And apparently there's this all of this like long drawn out drama between Khalees and Pharrell because Pharrell has a writing um, a writing title credit, if you will, on the song itself. Though, according to Khalees, he did not actually write anything. It was just because they were under the same studio. Um, anyway, so uh, it's become this whole thing around like human decency, but also bringing up, I think, larger conversations around music rights in the music industry, which... Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked in for a short while and kind of understanding how music rights work and it is a very convoluted fucking business. Um, but yeah, I thought we would kind of talk about a little bit about some of this drama. Yeah. So, okay. A couple of things. Um, I watched part of Khalees' video. After a while, I got a little bored of it, to be honest with you, because my attention span is probably worse than a Gen Zers at this point. But I, okay. I'm like, wait, where do we start? Do we start with Khalees or do we start with Beyonce? Can we just talk about Renaissance for a second? I know that you haven't listened to the entirety of the album because you want to like sit and digest it and have like a come to Jesus moment with new music. (laughs) Whereas I don't necessarily, I'm not that cultured. So um, I was listening to it when I was in the car yesterday and the day before, whenever it came out. And um, I was like a little bit confused because I was driving. So I wasn't necessarily like looking at the names of the song and stuff like that. I had heard that you need to listen to like the entirety of the, of the album because the transitions are really good. I'm not going to lie. I've never listened to a song in its entirety, I think, in my fucking life. So didn't do that for this. So can't comment on the transitions. Sure, they're great. But I was really confused at one point because I was like, wait, is this like a cover? Is this... I was like, is this just like a play? Oh, hello? Is this? Yeah, you're there. You're fine. Okay. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Um, is this like a playlist? Uh, I was really, really confused because, and, and now this kind of makes more sense, which is why I was like, let me start with this, where it seems like she sampled a lot of songs on this album. Mm. 
And again, I need to like go back and like actually pay attention to like, oh, is this actually a Beyonce song or is this just like a random song that was on the playlist? Um, Because I was a little bit, yeah, I was just like, wait, is this still Renaissance? Like, was that the shortest album ever? I was super confused. So this might have been one of those situations where like I I didn't realize that she was sampling Milkshake, but she was or maybe she wasn't. I don't know. Um, All in all, really unenthused by the album. Interesting. And I know that like, I, I've said this about Adele, but I really feel like it's like Beyonce, God gave you this gift. Can you fucking use it? Can you sing? I'd like to hear you sing again and not just yeah. growl and speak and say, break my soul. Like, I just want to hear her sing. So, um, it's so interesting that you say that. So I, once again, want to clarify, I have not listened to the album yet. And for our listeners, I was just telling Alina earlier today that um, I'm one of those people who I just can't listen to a new album, like let's say when I'm working out. And there are no instances, because I usually listen to music when I'm driving in the car and, you know, I'm not really driving nowadays because I'm working from home. Um, so the only time I can listen to an album is when I'm working out. And I don't like to listen to new music when I'm working out because... I like to actually listen to the textures of the music and the production <laughs> level of it and, you know, the actual lyrics. Um, you know, I really loved Lemonade because, you know, it was like an art form, right? And then she also mm-hmm. had uh, the visual album that she released on Disney. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now. Um, but that was really beautiful too. And I think the visuals were stunning. So I can't really speak to what she did with this one. Did she actually have like a visual aspect to it or is it just purely I lyrical? I don't think so. Interesting. I don't think so because I know that it was like released on Spotify because I had an email from Spotify. So that wouldn't make sense if it was like meant to be, you know, consumed in a, in a, in a visual. Visual format, yeah. Format? Which is also kind of funny too because uh, LOL, remember when she wouldn't release her music onto Spotify because her husband owned title. Her. Yeah, which also yeah. got sold to, whatchamacallit, um, Dorsey on Square. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? But okay, Square. But regardless, I, I was just like, you know, like I was like, not really that into it. I was like, okay, like this song I could be down with. And then I was bored. And then I was like, is this even her album anymore? I don't even know what's happening. But to go back to Khalees, when I watched the video, I can't, Pharrell has had a, like a number of lawsuits for doing this, right? Like wasn't Blurred Lines a really big one? Him and Robin Thicke, they, got, they were in some yeah. shit about it. I don't remember what the outcome was. But so because Pharrell is involved, I'm like, ooh, Maybe I could see it because it's kind of got a history of doing this, but yeah. I feel like I, I, I'm inclined to think that like Beyonce's been in this industry for so long. She's not going to like, and, and again, if, if what I believe is correct is correct, that she's actually sampled a shit ton of music on this, yeah, on this album. I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I just feel like she would do the right thing. Yeah, I think this is like a very weird one because once again, the music world, like there's so many layers of approvals to receive. So it's not just like you're not only going to the labels, right? Like let's say that there's an artist who's signed to a label, right? Mm -hmm. There's also the publisher and there could be a multitude of publishers because they're 
like there could be a multitude of different people who've written the song and they all work for different publishers, for example. So it's not very clear cut what that looks like, right? Like from like a streamlined approvals process, like there are multiple parts or pieces of the puzzle in order to get an approval to use one song. Got it. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure if, if you're telling me that a lot of these songs sound like she sampled from other songs, mm-hmm. that probably tells me that it was a lot more of a convoluted process that she was yeah. probably removed from. Now, you know, I feel for Khalees because if she does have a personal relationship with Beyonce, like if I were in her shoes, I wouldn't feel great. Um, especially, you know, Khalees did make a great point about, you know, Beyonce is all about female empowerment and bringing up each other and especially around, you know, being a black woman and like bringing up other black women. Like she, a lot of her brand and a lot of her platform is based off of that. And for another woman to feel scorned by her in such a, in such a way, especially where it's like that woman's, you know, music and that woman's livelihood uh, kind of depends on it. It's kind of weird to me, like, why not just send her a quick text? But once again, I kind of understand it because it's a shit ton of, of like, like a convoluted approvals process to do that. So she probably like let her team do it and probably didn't expect that Khalees would lose her shit like this or probably expected Pharrell to communicate it. I thought the other interesting thing about this mm-hmm. was how open Khalees was about the beef that she has with Pharrell. Okay, like, so I'm not going to oh. stop watching before that because, like I said, my attention span is not that long. So tell me about that. <laughs> so she doesn't go explicitly into detail about the drama, but she says that, like, the reason why this happened and the reason why the sampling of Milkshake was approved by Pharrell was out of pettiness and that he was essentially, he intentionally did it to kind of stick a thorn into her side based on, like, previous drama between them, which... You know what? When I look at Pharrell, you know, I could see it just by like glancing at him as like a human. I could see it. I hate to say it, but like he looks like he could be fucking petty. Really? I love him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love his music, but I could see him being petty for sure. Maybe. Um, Wait, sorry. Okay. So I think I may have misunderstood. So Pharrell own some of the rights to Milkshake. So that, oh, I think the Pharrell collaborated with Beyonce and was getting a writing credit. No, so he actually got a writing credit uh, on the original Milkshake. Yeah. Okay. So so Khalees is, sorry, this is taking me a long time to come round It's this. just because it doesn't make fucking sense. Like the music industry is just like a massive beast of like multiple highways that are intersecting and like, the level, it's it's just so convoluted that it doesn't fucking make sense. But it because it's like such an archaic old system that it's hard to dismantle it and like rebuild. Yeah, but, but, but I'm saying theoretically, so Khalees is kind of like accusing Pharrell of agreeing to the sampling of her song mm-hmm. on Beyonce's album and then nobody gave her the courtesy. So she's not necessarily saying like, I didn't get compensated or I'm not getting whatever. Exactly. She's just saying I had no fucking clue. Exactly. Oh, I thought that she was saying that they like did this illegally or like that there was like copyright infringement no. or whatever it is. Like, oh. She didn't know that the song was being sampled until people started tagging her. It was like a fan I mean, group on Instagram that tagged her about it. And they were like, oh okay. my God, they collaborated. And Khalees was like, actually, no, we didn't. I didn't even know this fucking song was going to be on there. Oh, uh, okay. So I knew that. I knew that she had no idea. I didn't realize though. I thought that she was just saying like, nobody asked me as in, like, 
they were just kind of using my, they were sampling my song without my permission or whoever owns the rights to the song's permission. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like she's just trying to piggyback off the shit to make herself relevant again. <laughs> Bitch, as long as you I got will, paid, you're fine. But like, here's the thing. If, I don't know, like I said, if I had a personal relationship with someone and I knew that they were sampling my work, I would, you know, and, and we know each other as friends. When but do they really know you? each other as friends? Like, are they actually friends? Like, maybe Beyonce is like gonna see this video and be like, "Girl, I haven't talked to you in twenty years." Yeah, but also if you're sampling her most famous song that she's known for, and you didn't like reach out and text her, be like, "Hey, heads up!" Like, blah blah blah. Nobody I'm from sure Pharrell's she's... team decided to tell her either. Like, I just think it's yeah, like a shitty situation. Up. Like from a from like a. From a professional standpoint, too, like this is kind of like a weird fucked up situation. No one communicated to her. Um, but also like to be blindsided like that, especially by someone who upholds a platform of like bringing each other up and connectivity and women yeah. empowerment and all that shit. I, I think it's weird. I, I, I understand. But I also think as long as she was like compensated for it, which I'm sure she was like, yeah, girl, you're going to get... you. Also, the, you're going to be brought up financially. And you know on, what? I bet you that she's going to be relevant. She's going to be relevant again, though, because her song well, is going to be. Here's part of the drama, though, is that she said um, Pharrell was given a writing credit on ha- Milkshake when he actually didn't write shit. Okay. That it was basically studio politics. I get that. But also like 20 years ago, honey, like you got to move the fuck on. <laughs> no, honestly, but for him to like, be the one to sign on. everything away, like that's. You know, I, I don't get know. Get a better I, fucking lawyer. Get a better lawyer. Get a better manager. I don't know what to tell you. Get a new label. Like, I, I get it. I'm it not, doesn't matter I'm not if you get a new right. label. It doesn't matter because it's like that wasn't the label that had worked on the fucking song to begin with. <laughs> no, I understand that. I'm What I'm saying is like if she didn't like the fucking shady business dealings that her label was doing or whatever it was and she wasn't yeah. in a position to... To advocate for herself. It's it's shitty. I'm not saying it's not yeah. shitty, but what I'm saying is like, honey, like literally, like so much time has gone by. We don't, you don't like Pharrell is Pharrell. Beyonce sampled your shit. You probably got paid a lot of money for it. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I just you know how I feel about people that like complain about shit and don't do anything about it. I mean, she kind of did do something about it, though, by being public about it. No, she didn't. She was fucking complain about it. Don't complain about it. Go fucking do something about it. Fine. Slap a lawsuit on them if you're that angry about it. But don't just sit here. And what are you going to do? What do you think TikTok's going to fucking do for you? Solve your problem? You would be surprised. I feel like having a public platform like that is helpful. Um, And I think it also brings a little bit of light, too, to like the weirdness of the music industry and music rights. Because I don't think a lot of people understand it. Um, like, I didn't really understand it until I started working in the industry. And I was like, whoa, this is really fucking weird. Um, and I think the first time the public got a taste of this was when Taylor Swift got into that whole thing with... Um, Scooter. Scooter Braun. And uh, she basically had to re-record all of her stuff. And now there's, like, this whole debate on... Um, social media of like, listen to her re-recorded stuff. Don't listen to the Scooter Braun version, the, the version that he bought the rights that he has so that you're not supporting him. You're supporting her directly, which I thought was very she interesting. Needs, she needs us to support her directly. I hate her. So <laughs> I know. Um, but all I'm saying is, is like, I think this brings light to the weirdness of the music industry. And on that note, on that note, we should go on to the next topic. Please get a new lawyer. Not- okay. <laughs> I actually think the next one's pretty relevant too. So 
It is. So I don't know if you know this, but um, back in the beginning of the pandemic, when I got TikTok, one of my favorite ever creators on there um, essentially created a whole musical out of Bridgerton. Um, and it okay. became sort of this like global phenomena where she had recorded all of these songs with her friend. Um, and essentially it became like this massive hit on TikTok and she's pretty much skyrocketed ever since then. Now what has happened is, and mind you, they won a Grammy for this like two years later, a year and a half later. Yeah. So they won a Grammy for the unofficial Bridgerton musical. And apparently they decided to host, I think it was two shows in DC and they were sold out and they went through with it. And Netflix was really unhappy that they went through with it. And so now Netflix is suing the women who created the Grammy winning unofficial Bridgerton musical, which brings me to two points. Actually, maybe just one, but I'm going to get to it in two-tiered way. Um, One is, I find it funny that Netflix is now coming back and being like, we have a fucking problem with this. And I find it also funny that at the beginning of the pandemic, when the first season of Bridgerton hit and they came out with this musical, that Netflix was like really gung-ho for it because it was a great like marketing promotion, right? These women were creating this like music, exactly for PR. It was fucking amazing for them. And so now they're pissed that they're making money off of this unofficial Bridgerton musical, even though Netflix had nothing to do with it other than, you know, the IP that they have for the actual show. Um, They're just, all they did was like create their own music, literally create everything from the instrumentals to the words, all of it on their own. And then at the moment that they decided to do a show, that's when Netflix was like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." I don't think so. Well, I think it's, I mean, let's be real, right? Netflix is not exactly... Their stock price isn't what it has been. (laughs) Exactly. They have laid off people. They, you know, like the rest of the world are going through God knows what. And I feel like every single company, you know, product, whatever it is, brand, people are like tightening up their belts a little bit. Um, I think it's really interesting though that like, I know it's not the same, but also it's kind of similar to the Khalees and Beyonce thing, right? Kind of similar. To a degree, yeah. To a degree. Um, So I thought that they used actual like music from Bridgerton. You know I can't get into that show. I've tried so many times. So what's also funny about that too is the music that's on Bridgerton is sampling. Is all sampled of like Mm -hmm. popular songs, like (laughs) which is hilarious. But no, this music is actually written by them. Like it okay, is, okay. they're the ones okay, so, who created the entire score of um, uh, uh, like all of the scores for, for okay. the music. So that changes a little bit for me in like the argument I was prepared to come in and make. Mm. But I still feel like it is like a, Bridgerton is a brand. It's also a book, right? So Netflix bought the explicit rights to the book by, I forget her name. Mm-hmm. And... Technically, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding is like you can't then go and create your entire another brand or an offshoot of this without the express permission from the people that own the rights. Well, I think then there's like the legal loophole of, and once again, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm just going off of logic. You really got to get a fucking lawyer on this podcast. Chelsea, I'm looking at you. We have so many lawyer friends. Yeah, let's bring Chelsea on. Um, But I also think that if they're saying it's the unofficial Bridgerton musical, like if they moved Bridgerton and named it something else, 
I'm pretty sure Netflix would be like, okay, but I think Netflix is making it a point that they want to profit off of this. Um, also, one of the reasons why people are kind of flagging this as interesting is because uh, Netflix has been doing like a Bridgerton tour, if you will, and they'll have like the yeah. Bridgerton experience across a multitude of cities. And so people are like, oh, they, once again, this is all about money. So they created like an immersive experience and now they probably want a piece of the pie for this musical, even though they didn't do any of the fucking work. It's okay, just like, mm-hmm. sorry, continue. No, I was just saying, it's just that, you know, Netflix has the IP, but if they, but they didn't do yeah. any of the work besides create the entire, uh, but no, because they Universe. just created the show, but the original IP was also the authors. Sure. Yes. But they own that. They own that. For a visual medium, yes. Yeah, exactly. They own that. Yeah, but I, once I, like again, a, they don't own the fact, like all the music that they wrote. They don't own, like, also they're calling no, it something absolutely not. different, unofficial Bridgerton musical. Like, if they had called it something else, like they're not calling it the Bridgerton musical. I don't know. I think there's a legal loophole there. So I'm it'll sure be interesting there is a legal to see what loophole. happens once they go to court. I'm I'm sure that there is, but I do think that like there is a degree of like we're piggybacking off of Netflix buying the IP, creating this phenomenon, right? I didn't fucking hear Bridgerton until Netflix had it and everyone was bored at home and wanted to watch sex scenes. So these girls are to a degree piggybacking off of that, which are good for you, man. The fact that you can write this yeah. shit and you can what like good for you. I think though that that like they should change the name of it. Don't call the unofficial Bridgerton musical, call it like whistle down or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I don't know, call it something. I think it's kind of interesting because I think that there's a, a level of equating them being inspired by something by like taking the IP because I don't know with that logic, that means that nobody should be inspired by anything else that somebody makes or does. I don't think that that's true. I think that like you can't literally use the namesake in the title if it's just inspired by from but a legal perspective. Call- but I think that's why they're calling it the unofficial because it has nothing to do with Bridgerton. But it does. I mean, they should, I, I agree with you in the sense that like they pushed it by putting, by leaving Bridgerton on there. But I think because it became such a phenomenon on TikTok that they were known as the unofficial Bridgerton musical, there was like, oh, we're just going off of the same level of fame that we developed on TikTok. What else could we rename it as? I guess they didn't realize that Netflix was like, uh, 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 now we want a piece of the pie. Yeah, but that would be like, like us calling ourselves the unofficial call her daddy or the unofficial horrible decisions or whatever it is, right? Like, uh, that's also different though, because once again, it's like the, content itself isn't similar because it's like you had the book and then you had Netflix that got the IP. So they create a visual medium. And what these girls are doing are literally holding a concert where they're just singing the songs that they created that was inspired by the show. And it's a musical. It's very, very different from the visual medium that Netflix had created. Now, here's the thing. I just, I I agree with you in that they shouldn't have used Bridgerton in the title. They should have renamed it something completely different to get Netflix off their fucking backs. Yeah. But I don't think that Netflix has a right to the content that they basically created on their own, especially when Netflix Netflix never gave them any funding or anything for the work that they did. I don't think that Netflix has a right to 
their content. I didn't say that. All I'm saying is that they're stupid and fucked themselves over because they did. They they did inadvertently associate themselves with the Netflix show. You know what's wild to me though is I feel like if you won a Grammy and you ended up getting to the point where you're booking out venues to host a concert based off of the IP that you've created, how is it that you didn't have a lawyer that told you, hey, this isn't a good idea? I think that's the other part that's kind of shocking to me. Maybe maybe Netflix really doesn't have a leg to stand on, but like I'm thinking about it from and you know trying to just be as like objective and logical as possible. And my inclination is going to be because they use that word, that's that's their fault. I also yeah. think really, really, really bad idea, girls. You should have gone to Netflix. They, uh, were they probably out did. Money. They probably did. And Netflix was like, no, because they had to do it to all separate on yourself own. from it. I don't know though. Anyways, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of all plays yeah. out. But I thought it was well, funny. Well, all not I'm funny. saying I is that you and I are going to protect like the them. shit out of ourselves. <laughs> if we <laughs> ever come the out IP. with some, bro- you know, it's kind of insane. I just, oh, man, our legal system. Well, we'll see how they get out of this one. I'm going to keep a close eye on it because I actually do like these creators. Um, I think they're actually geniuses, and I loved the music that they came out with for it. And so. I'm crossing my fingers they get out of this one unscathed, but let's see. Um, The next one is kind of interesting. Um, I feel like the last time we talked about Shakira was when J-Lo said what she said Mm -hmm. about her um, during their NFL performance or their um, Super Bowl performance. Yeah. What am I saying? NFL performance. I'm texting Chelsea, by the way, about this Bridgerton thing. I'm going to see if she comes back to me before the episode is over. (laughs) We'll be getting Um, a lawyer's input for sure. Um, I'm going to call my lawyer now. Thank you. (laughs) Love it. Um, Okay. So Shakira basically is now back in the media. Um, Also, didn't her like boyfriend or long-term boyfriend also cheat on her and they broke up too? They just broke up after 11 years together. Gerard, P, something with a P. Interesting. Um, But anyway, so those are the last two things that I I know of of hers. Um, But apparently she is now facing eight years, potential eight years in prison for tax evasion of all fucking things. I feel like most celebrities are like, this is like the big headline that most celebrities get. (laughs) Like if they're involved in crime, it's always around tax evasion. Honey, you should have called Chris Chris Jenner. <laughs> should have asked her if you could, how to open up a church and how to you know avoid tax evasion and taxes in general. Um, so, yeah, basically for our listeners, so Shakira, to Maddie's point, she's been in the media. You know, I would say more in the last like four to five months, and she has in a long time. Really, the first time, one yeah. being in regards to. Um, uh, I think it was called Halftime, right? So J-Lo yeah, special where she basically says that it was like the worst decision ever to have two Latina women doing a show, you know, that one person has done historically and that they didn't get enough time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Shakira, I don't even think commented on that. Uh, no, I don't think so, no. No, which I think was very classy of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to that, she was in the media recently because her partner, I don't think they were married, Gerard, he's a soccer player, or yep. football, he um, he cheated on her after like 11 years together. I believe they have two children together. And it's just, you know, obviously, I feel like in general, she's a pretty like, everyone loves Shakira. She's a happy-go-lucky person, Shakira. Also, 
Sorry, I need mm-hmm. to make a, a little side note because shortly after that, I remembered a headline and reading it. And I think this was like a BuzzFeed article because, you know, your favorite <laughs> news source I love where they scene. basically showcase like who she recently followed and followed her back after the breakup. Chris Evans was on oh. that list. Yes, I saw that. Okay, I saw She was that. going after some hotties. I was like, okay, girl, look yeah. at you. Apparently Chris Evans is like on the prowl and he's just like desperate for a woman and I'm unclear Which, on like how he's still single or what that means because he's like literally what? America's sweetheart. Yeah. Also, yeah, I don't get that one. A, I feel like if he hasn't found someone yet, like for me, I don't know, maybe it's just like the red flags that are blaring in my head of like, you know, celebrity probably has had like everything given to him on a platter. Like what kind of like perfect ideal woman is he looking for that probably like puts everyone in like the absolute shit bucket. <laughs> Um, he probably would be very hard to please. And I, I don't know. I just, I think I he's too think perfect. So. I think he's too perfect. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I absolutely fuck the shit out of him? A hundred percent. percent. I've already told him he knows he fucking knows. Like, I, because here's the thing. This is, this is my argument that I make. Tom Hiddleston you- is now taken. He's married. Or he's not married. I think they're engaged. I don't really know, but Zawa, Zawi Ashton. Um, they did a show together called Betrayal that was um, on Broadway. But anyway, besides the point, uh, they're engaged. She's pregnant with his child, and we all know I am no homewrecker, um, even though that's my namesake, supposedly. <laughs> Uh, if you know you know um but nonetheless I so I was like okay so my hall pass like I gotta move it to someone else and so I was like okay what who's like a good a good option Chris Evans even though he's not typically my type but like there's something about him he's like spiritual he like isn't he's people say that he's Buddhist I don't know but he's like very into like spiritual ideologies and he seems like a really like fun loving person but at the same time I don't know I think it's just like being a male celebrity and having people thrown at you, I think there's a level of, I don't want to say competition, but just like, I don't know if I could deal with that, like that level of attention. Because I also know, once again, me being weird and having this information in the back of my head, there was a girl that he had been dating for a while. Um, I can't remember her name. She's the voice of Marcel the Snail. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Okay. Anyways, so it's like his first ever public girlfriend um, and they uh, broke up and she said that it was really hard being his girlfriend in the public eye because they weren't equivalent. Like clearly if you were to look at like attractive levels, right? Like he's way up here, I think for most of the population. Um, and she's pretty, but like she, I think insinuated that she wasn't Chris Evans level pretty. Cause I think the public, like having to face them, it's fucking a lot, you know? I mean, I get that, but also, like, if you're going to, like, have sex with a celebrity that, you know, is Chris Evans, you got to grow a thicker skin. I mean, I guess. People are fucking mean. People are mean, Maddie. Like, you and I, arguably, in the grand scheme of, like, you know, content creators and celebrity... We're fucking nobodies, right? Like, let's just be let's yeah. be honest with ourselves for two seconds. That's not what we're manifesting. That's what we are today. That's not what we're manifesting. Mono. That's not what we're manifesting. Um, no, but the like the fact of the matter is, is like people literally sometimes like come at us on on you know social media and shit, and sometimes people yeah. are like, oh, like but you got trolls, and I'm like, literally, I don't even read it because who fucking cares? Like everybody is gonna have an opinion. Everybody's gonna be whatever. 
And I think like, I do think that that's unfortunate for a lot of people, you know, like that a lot of people who are in the public eye and stuff like that, where I bet you that they do struggle to find like relationships with people who are not in the public eye or like who don't have that. Yeah. Uh, that comfort level with mm-hmm. everything that comes with being a remotely public persona. And he's obviously a very public persona. So I think that's really sad. Um, but anyway, so, so to go back to Shakira. So <laughs> Sorry, we literally took a hard yeah, fucking left. Whoa, that was like a hard, <laughs> yeah, that was, okay. I, I just remember, I was like, why are we talking about Chris Evans? I don't remember having like that much of an opinion about this. And I was like, oh, fuck, we weren't even talking about him. Okay, so Shakira, basically the Spanish authorities are prosecuting her for tax evasion. They are claiming that when she lived there, I believe it was from 2010 to 2012, if I recall correctly, although that could be completely wrong. They are uh, saying 2012 that she, to 2014. Uh, okay, close enough. Mm-hmm. Saying that she failed to pay Spanish... Um, IRA, I don't know, whatever, tax authority, $23.5 yeah. million. Dollars. Which, like, to me is, like, such a wild fucking number. Like, $23.5 million. Like, like, God, how much do you have to make to, like, have evaded that much in tax? Well, my first question is, like, <laughs> like my, my immediate question, Mark, literally was, like, does Shakira make $50 million a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, damn, those residuals must be real nice. <laughs> right, like, I'm like, she, she ha- the last song I remember, actually, my sister, when I was at her house last week, when I recorded, um, and you remember, I was half asleep on one. She um, she was listening to a song by Shakira. I think that she maybe, like, drops a lot more music in the, le- like, Latino music um, with mm, the Latin space. community. I could be wrong, but I just heard something. I was like, is this Shakira? Because I really like this. And my sister was like, oh, yeah, Shakira. Anyway, so that that may be the case. But I feel like in like, you know, mainstream um, or more mainstream stuff that you and I would listen to that's like, you know, North American centric. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I think the last song I remember her dropping was like, whenever, wherever. It was like her... No, no, there was that's one. Not it literally. was like Wolf. I think it was. Nah, 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 she nah, Wolf. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, that one I think she was wolf. the last one I heard. Then she had the one with, um, oh my God, what is his name? I can see his face. I can't remember his name. Anyway, but I was like, she, she's not necessarily doing that much, at least in, in the world that we are in from a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, if this bitch is making $50 million, she's that, she's like that off the, under the radar, like good for her. That was the first thing. But then I guess Shakira, she purchased a home in Barcelona. And, and so, so they're getting her is, on the fact that she was like staying in between, in between mm-hmm. like the country and, and wherever she was actually holding her residence. And that's where they're getting her on. Yes. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. Damn. But she's saying she didn't live there. But then I also saw that she paid. So, why so the fuck what the would fuck you is this that? headline about then? I don't know. I don't know. Because they're saying that she paid, but then she's she rejected her plea deal. So I have no idea what's going on. But just for context, I just Googled Shakira net worth 2022. And I think you're probably going to have a fucking heart attack. Oh, please. Oh, God. What is it? What do you think she's worth? I don't know, mom. What is it? Really? Tell me. 
600 mil? I don't know. No, three, three to 350. For context, context, according to this, Lady Gaga is worth 150. God damn. Shakira. I had no idea. Damn. She's worth more than like Kendall, Chloe, Court and Courtney Kardashian and maybe Chris combined. Oh, that's pretty intense. That's and like we nuts, haven't right? like seen her in like North American limelight in a while. That's insane. Wow. Well, I mean, she clearly has the fucking money, but like also I feel like this is not her year. If the Spanish government is coming after her and her and her long-term boyfriend um broke up. And like, you know, J-Lo's talking some mad shit about her publicly. Like, wow, yeah. Shakira, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess they say any PR is good PR, but still. I'm just surprised. I feel like Shakira, again, like for somebody who managed to stay out of the media for so long and she's just like, it's like boom, 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 boom. And like, again, she's kind of yeah. like Latin America's sweetheart. So it's just, it's just yeah. shocking. That's so insane. I feel like this, yeah, when I saw like, that... Mm-hmm. I was just saying, when I saw that headline, I was like, uh, I, f- I feel like it was so uncharacteristic of like who she is and sort of this like brand that she's put out there. I was like, I know. wait, what? I know. <laughs> and it's even like, now, like hearing you talk about it, it just feels like, oh, well, it sounds like it's already resolved. Like she's saying like, yeah, I already fucking paid the however much was owed in euros. And I was like, yeah. what? Oh yeah. 23 and a half million euro. Which now is one-to-one, but still wasn't at the time. But still. Um, so I know that we have a couple more things to get through. So I feel like we need to like start to like pump the, yeah. you know, we, we, we got we to gotta keep moving. But I can't believe that it, I don't think we talked about Jennifer, Jennifer Affleck. Oh. Did we mean, talk about that? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. AKA Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who is now Jennifer Affleck. Um, have gotten married and are actually gallivanting around Paris right now on their honeymoon, Mm -hmm. which is cute. What do you think about them just doing it in Vegas as opposed to doing like what you probably expected J-Lo to do for her fourth, fifth? Well, she's been married how many fucking times? So probably for her, she doesn't need the big ceremony anymore. So I I mean, like, I'm like, go for it. It kind of made sense to me, like... They probably were like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, let's just get this over and done with the paperwork and we'll just go and celebrate together, which I thought was really lovely. I mean, you also know that I didn't want to have a wedding. So that whole concept really resonates to me. So. Okay. But the tunnel. Oh, okay. You, you got thoughts. Now let's hear no, your thoughts. No, 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 no. I just feel like the tunnel. Well, like it was so tacky. Well, once again, like how many times has she been fucking married? You know? Yeah. Maybe she was like, let's just get married before we find a reason not to. Apparently, and also I feel his, like... Mm-hmm. And no, I was just going to say like probably like the irony of it all too, where she was just like, let's just do the tackiest thing possible because then it just becomes yeah. part of their story, you know? I don't know. I think it's yeah, kind of cute. So really quickly, apparently though, Serafina Affleck, his daughter with Jennifer Garner refused to go to the wedding because she's so loyal to her mom. But also if you're a Jennifer Garner, like... Fuck you, Ben. I feel so bad for Jennifer Garner. Like, it's one thing to write. Like, they obviously weren't together anymore, and that's fine. And, like, I'm sure she's happy that he's happy and all the above. But, like, you know, you go back to your ex that you were engaged to right before we got together, and she happens to be Jennifer Lopez. Like, that cannot feel good. Like, 
I, I, all I gotta say is like friends, check on Jennifer Garner, check on her because seriously, I don't think I'd be okay. Oh no. Okay. We're good. Sorry. Um, okay. So for a second. And then Um, just a quick update from, um, our resident attorney, Chelsea. Yes. She, so she said she doesn't watch the show. She's read an article about it. And if the facts in this article are accurate, I would say Netflix is in the right. Also, Chelsea, I hope it's okay that I'm quoting you. Uh, but she said, <laughs> I, I've never heard of these girls and I don't watch the show, though, so my knowledge is only based on this article. I'm surprised Netflix has been cool about it before now. Um, and if, in fact, they are using direct quotes from the show, like you cannot do that. So apparently they are quoting the show. Interesting. Okay. Well... I was really hoping that they could get out of this one unscathed. I think it's because for me, I just don't like the big, large corporate company going after like the small content creator, you know, who's just barely getting their dreams um, to happen. And so I I want to know how much money they fucking charge for these tickets. And then we can talk about $149. I just told you. (laughs) And then, of course, there were like VIPs and stuff like that. But I don't know how much those cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So before you know it, those motherfuckers are like living, you know, flying private. It'll be they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Okay. But we got to <laughs> move on. We got to move on. You know what's hilarious though? Sorry. Even though we are going to be moving on, is that I feel like once you get to that look, because Pierre kind of has the same like thought process as you do. That like let's like shit on the celebrity because you know once they get to a certain level, it's like any level of good gets canceled out because they're now celebrity and they have access to all these things. Um, when in actuality, I'm on the, the, the mindset of like, well, they've worked hard, this and this and that. There are some celebrities that yes, I'll give them a little bit more room because they've worked so hard to get to that level. And I just like think to like us, for example, that like once we get to that level, because we're manifesting it to that level of celebrity, like wouldn't we be doing the same fucking thing? Yeah, you better believe I'm going to look for all the tax loopholes that I can. Chris, I'm coming for you. Don't worry. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come to the, the Chris Jenner school of um, tax sheltering. No, I'm joking. No, I'd like to believe that we're going to, we're going to be humble in our, I bet say old age, but I'm already fucking there and clearly I'm not humble. So um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. We got we got we got to like pump these okay. out. We got to do it quickly. Okay, okay. So, what's the next Will, one you got for me? Will Smith addresses Oscar slap in a new video. So, he came out with a new video. I saw snippets of these videos or parts of it on TikTok um, where he basically addressed people and their comments about the slap. Now, I will give my own two cents about this. Uh, I believe he is really remorseful. Um, and I think Yes, of course, there's a part of this that is PR. I understand that. But I also think that he really takes it upon himself to discuss, like, like one of the things he brought up was around, like, his own trauma around disappointing people. And I think because he's been such a pillar, uh, in particular, you know, not just for, like, celebrity culture, but also around, I think, you know, being a very successful black actor, right? Um, where he knows that there's a certain pedestal that he was on and that he had to uphold himself in a certain way. And the fact of the matter is, is he felt really broken around what happened and how he did let people down. Um, I don't know. I I really hope he, he has a comeback. And I, I, you know, we both have said this before where it's like Will Smith, he will be completely fine. But I also feel like I think his level of hurt around the fact that this 
brand that he created and how people looked up to him and how he basically destroyed that, like really negatively impacted him. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Wow. I is going to rip into his ass right now. (laughs) Where do we start? Okay. First of all. Damn. Like no empathy. Like you didn't feel nothing. (laughs) First of all. So I... I understand him saying, you know, I took some time to digest it and blah, 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 and to do some self-reflection and to think about it. Um, I actually felt like it was a little bit narcissistic. Interesting. That like that I was felt your... like a lot. Yeah. I felt like a lot of the shit that he was saying, like, you know, I get it that he was saying, you know, that was not right. I shouldn't have done it, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he brought it his apology was about himself. His apology was, you know, I'm, I'm reading this. Disappointing way. people is my central trauma. I hate when I let people down so it hurts. You know what, though? Like, I, I disagree with you on that. And I'll tell you why I disagree with you on that. And I think this might be my own projection about things. But I think it's important for people to understand other people's traumas. I think it's critical, actually, for us to be able to get on the same page and to understand where one is coming from, right? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to agree mm-hmm. with his actions, but at least understanding where he's coming from and understanding like how he's thinking about this, I think it's kind of important information to have, especially if you're making such a public apology to a lot of people who are impacted by it, right? I mean, a lot of people downplay it, but it was an act of violence that I think affected everyone on a very visceral level, especially those who are watching the Oscars. Um, especially those who may have had some sort of background or intersection with that kind of violence in their own life. And so I think, I think, I think it's important. I can understand why you would perceive that as narcissistic, but I, I disagree. I, I, listen, I understand like sharing your story and everything you just said, and I'm not saying that I don't disagree with it. I'm actually a pretty empathetic person, I think. Not tonight. I already look. All I'm going to say is I fucking came into this telling you all that I was in a mood. Okay, so I I already cleared myself. That's number one. Number two. Um, at the end of the day, no, but no, but seriously, like I feel like here's the thing: if you want to come, if you want to come out here and apologize, and you want people to think that you're being authentic about it, you better fucking act authentic. You better not make it about yourself. What? I think that there is a time and a place to talk about your trauma, and I don't think that it's in the same sentence as "I'm sorry," but this was how why? many times has he apologized? Publicly? I I don't know. What did you I want also, from him? What did you want? Like, I guess that's my question to you is like, for the people who don't agree with his apology or don't consider it genuine, what would you have liked to have seen? Can I be like, honest? I think like, get the fuck over yourself. Like, we've honestly moved on. This happened in February. It's August tomorrow. Well, I don't think people have moved Today, on because like Chris cares. Rock and like that whole thing is still being joked about and referenced even today. Yeah, he's a comedian. And I think... I think he has had to come out publicly and say something because, I mean, I even said this earlier that there is an aspect of this that is publicity and is PR because he's lost a lot of contracts. He's lost a lot of business due to this. So it is a matter of swaying public opinion too. Yeah, I get it. But I don't know. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I also feel like let's like stop beating a dead horse about it. Fair enough. And and, and that's not necessarily just Will Smith. I think that's that that's also like the fucking studios. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Remember, we're all goldfish now. We're goldfish. If it's not short form video, I don't know what's happening. I don't Squirrel. remember it. Squirrel? <laughs> like, I, right. Seriously. Squirrel. So it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, my, my thing is just stop beating a dead horse. We get it. Yeah. You had a moment of weakness. You apologize. Chris isn't ready to talk to you. You know what? 
Chris is going to continue to make a fucking joke out of this because that's what he does. Yeah. You have to live with that. he's also profiting off of it too, so. All right. Don't fucking slap the man. Then he won't profit off of your ass. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so. What what, what does he think that he should get a fucking cut out of it? Because I don't think so, right? I Look, I think it's, I, I am glad that Will Smith is dealing with that. I hope to God he's in a lot of fucking therapy. If not, Debbie, I'll give you her number. Um, but, <laughs> like, I think, like, it's time. Yeah. It's time. You fucked up. Fair enough. You apologize. Let's move on with I our guess. lives. Like, I'm tired of hearing about it. I get it. I think the other thing that, um, and it's sort of like a sick dream of mine before I move on, um, which I know is awful to say, but I have this like desire. And I think it was interesting too, because you know me, I love to read through the comments to see what public sentiment is like, like which way it's leaning. And a lot of people were, you know, feeling empathetic towards him. But I think a lot of the commentary was on the flip side saying like, you should divorce Jada. Like, oh God, clearly this is not good for you. And there's a part of me that's like, I kind of want it to happen. <laughs> and I know it's an awful I mean, thing to say, but. I, I get it. But also I guarantee you that if all of us look inside ourselves, our circles, you probably know somebody who should also divorce their partner for a lot that, less. That's also fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Love that. Words of wisdom from Alina. Love it. Oh my um, God, okay. that. With that, on to our next thing. So, uh, don't know if you saw this. You know who Candace Cameron Burr is, correct? Yeah, DJ Tanner, duh. DJ Tanner, full house. Uh, apparently, she got into some drama this past week with JoJo Siwa, who is not really our generation. I think she's more oriented toward Gen Z, I guess, and people who are growing up now. Um, she was sort of like a child, like... at first she was like a dancer and then she had like her own YouTube video and was really focused on like kids content. She's become really famous because of that. Uh, She did a TikTok challenge where she essentially, it's like, you know, the rudest celebrity you've ever worked with uh, or you've ever met, you know, the kindest person, your celebrity crush, and you're supposed to like turn the camera to the camera, like turn your phone to the camera to showcase a photo, but like do it quickly. Um, so that people can catch it or not catch it. And uh, apparently JoJo did it slowly enough that people were able to download the video and see the content for the rudest celebrity she ever met, and it was Candace. Now, Candace came out in a TikTok video discussing the situation because she has no recollection of ever being rude to her. And according to JoJo, uh, the interaction was actually when JoJo was 11 and she was like in some sort of line waiting to take a photo with Candace and Candace got pulled by somebody because, you know, as being a celebrity, you're getting pulled left and right. Um, And apparently she said, oh, hold on a minute and then like never came back or something along those lines and ended up not taking a photo with her. And that's why JoJo Siwa was upset with her. And so Candace came out in a video talking about all of this because she would never want to be like hurtful or harmful to someone, especially as a mother, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought that this was a really interesting scenario of like Gen Z versus millennials. I don't know why, but it just felt very much like that. (sighs) I feel like I'm going to let you go first. What are your thoughts about this? Um, I think this is where like, 
I feel like people need to be more responsible with social media because there's like a lot of hate directed towards Candace after this JoJo mm-hmm. video came out because it was like no context was provided. JoJo just like dropped this bomb and then didn't make any public statement after she did it um, and let it kind of embroil into a massive fire until Candace's team was able to get in touch with JoJo's team. And it seemed like the conversation was really casual, but JoJo, I don't think, realized the extent of what she did. And she was like, yeah, I just wasn't expecting it to go viral. Um, I think that's irresponsible, personally. Yeah, I didn't expect this to go viral. Yeah, because you're a stupid fucking kid. Yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing. I don't really care for either one of these women in the sense of like, I, I, like I'm not part of their either one's fandom, right? Like it's like, okay, two women. Cool. Like I care for them in the sense of like, I hope they're happy and healthy, but, um, looking at it from a neutral perspective. <laughs> You're so nice. I try to be, what can I say? I'm trying to be a better I'm person. I'm like, get the fuck the over yourself. And you're like, I care about their well-being. I'm like, I don't fucking know these bitches. Well, I just want people to like, you know, find a sense of happiness as they navigate in the world. A little blue dot. Remember that? Um, But I think it's, you know, this is like a good reminder that like social media is dangerous and that you can't just willy-nilly go and say some stupid shit without, you know, recognizing that your actions have consequences. Um, I think Candace did a really wonderful job of coming out and doing like a public video on TikTok. But here's the thing. Her video was way too fucking long. Like I'm pretty good about not falling into my like goldfish tendencies and habits when it comes to my attention. But even I was like, at some point I was like, can we just like, this is too long. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't even watch the whole fucking video, but I do think she came at it from like an empathetic perspective of like not attacking Jojo. But I also think once again, she did Jojo a like a complete service by not being an asshole, you know? Yeah. She, um, but yeah. She's also like twice her age. <laughs> like I think that's literally. Also fair. That's also So let's fair. be very clear yes. about that. Um, yes. No, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that like JoJo, this just shows, like this is a reminder for everybody that she's like a fucking kid. How and I think to your point, to your point, like I hope you learn your lesson that there are ramifications for mm-hmm. your behavior, especially when you have this platform. And I, so I, I happen to read a BuzzFeed article, of course. Of course. Um, I should fucking work for BuzzFeed at this point. Um, Honestly, yeah, but, I agree. <laughs> so I, I was reading a BuzzFeed article and the article was talking about, um, like, people talk about the rudest celebrities and everybody remembers, you know, Hailey Bieber and how she went to a restaurant and apparently she was very rude to someone and she came out and apologized and whatever this was in that article was another one. And Mm -hmm. so many of the instances were about like, I asked a celebrity for a photo and she just said no. Also, Christina Aguilera came up like four times on this. But but yeah, but like, oh, I asked them for a photo and they were like, hey, now is not a good time or something like that. And I think like, if that is seriously the, like the qualification or the criteria for being the worst person that you've ever met. I know. I pray to God that all these people like have very charmed lives because they're fucked for the reality of the situation. If not, really think about that. Like, oh my God, my feelings were so hurt. I was 11 and I was waiting in line and you said that you didn't have time to take a photo with me. Like you're so rude. Yeah. I mean, I think come fucking talk to me, Jojo. See, well, I'll be the fucking rudest person you've ever come across. Honestly. Let's just say this new generation, potentially, I mean, probably not for all, but like from what we're seeing, resiliency is not their clear skill set. Come on. 
Yeah, no, it's just like, I'm not saying it's just like Gen Z. I'm saying in general though, like honestly, honey, if that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you, like please, please count your fucking blessings. And also come talk to me. I, I'll happily go viral. I'll be fucking rude to you about your stupid ponytail. I love you so much. This is why no, we're friends. just come, cut yes. the fuck on. I don't know. I just felt like that whole thing, like I was like, what is going on? Why is like DJ Tanner being pulled into this stupid shit? And then I read the article and I was like, are you insane? <laughs> like really? This is like yeah. where we're at in the media cycle. There's nothing else to fucking talk about. We have to talk about Jojo Siwa <laughs> claiming that DJ Tanner didn't want to take a photo of her when she didn't even know who the fuck she was. Okay. I want somebody to come out and tell about a time that Jojo Siwa didn't take a photo with them. Taste Actually, of your own medicine. Damn. That is a good I bet you point. that's happened Karma. unintentionally. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, JoJo apparently even during the conversation with Candace said, like, yeah, I mean, I totally get it now. Like, as a celebrity, you're getting pulled left and right. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It just, at that time, it was, like, something that was, like, awful for me as, like, yeah. an 11-year-old. And, like... I get it. Like we all have our own traumas, but like to have that escalate to such a degree where like someone is getting attacked and their family so is getting silly. attacked, like on socials and stuff, because like you know, not to diminish anyone's trauma from childhood. No, stop. That's not, not fucking that. trauma. Are you but, kidding me, Maddie? <laughs> it no. could have traumatized her. Someone like she loved and admired and respected just ignored her, which could have triggered something else from deeper childhood. I don't fucking know. I'm just trying to give benefit of the doubt here. I just don't want to assume people are malicious or have some sort of deeper rooted. I'm not saying it's malicious. I'm saying that it's fucking childish. No, no, I get that. I get that. That's all. And like Jojo, again, let's talk about trauma. You want to talk about trauma? I'll give you Debbie's number. You're good. I got you, girl. I'm just, come on. Come talk about trauma. (laughs) Just come on over here. Just talk a whole lot about it. (laughs) Come on the basic of the brain. Okay. Anyway, we have one more to go. We've, Overstayed our welcome today, so I feel like we need to. Yeah. We'll be quick. However, we're one. always like we're gonna make our BBQs like twenty five to thirty five minutes, and then so it's like quick. sixteen hours later. Okay, all I right. Know. What's the final one that we're gonna chat about today? So I know last week we talked about the whole Kylie situation with her jet and how essentially she was taking it for like three minute fucking rides or plane rides uh, for a 45-minute drive, right? Um, Now, apparently, a new report has come out, and Taylor Swift is apparently um, an offender of uh, private jet usage and carbon emissions. Um, And apparently, this report came out, and now Taylor Swift has come out and is pushing back against her chart-topping private jet carbon emissions, (laughs) which, like, I don't know how you can really defend yourself and push back on that, but... I'd love to hear your thoughts because I also, I'm a pretty, I think, lenient person and I'm pretty, I like to lead with curiosity versus judgment. But when it comes to Taylor Swift, there's something about her that just makes me want to judge the shit out of her. And like, she gets under my skin in the worst ways possible and I can't explain it. And no matter how many hours of reflection I try to have about myself and why I'm having this visceral reaction to her, I can't get to the bottom of it. So I will have you go first. Okay. Okay, so first of all, I have to tell this really quick story because I, th- I always tell the story to people. So anyone who's heard me talk about Taylor Swift knows this. When I was younger, I went to Britney Spears' camp for the performing arts. Oh, interesting. Yes, okay. for a couple summers in a row. And the first summer that I was there, we had this, like, they would always have, like, performers come for us, right? And they were, like, mm-hmm. um, they were like up-and-coming artists, stuff like that, whatever, at night after, like, dinner and whatever it was. We would have, like, a little show and then we would um, all go to bed. So the first year, we had this new upcoming up and coming artist. Her name was Taylor Swift. And 
I hate country music. I think everyone knows this about me. One of the, it was like one of the best weekends of my life, but also like horrifying because I was like surrounded by it and I couldn't get away was in Nashville. I hate country. I really don't like it. I like a couple like pop country songs. Like I do love me a Sam Hunt house party, but like I can't fucking stand the twang. And so at the time we were like 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old. And Taylor, I remember she sang a song called I heart question mark. I'm like the, it was like, I heart question mark written on the back of my head. Like that's how she was talking. I was like, can't fucking deal with this bitch. Anyway, got a signed autograph from her. Like OG before she dropped her like first album ever. Yeah. And I swear to God, like she, I don't remember. I feel like she maybe drops it like maybe two years later. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like a month before she dropped her debut album, I was cleaning my room and I found this headshot and I was like, oh, that fucking bitch, question mark girl, threw that shit in the garbage. (sighs) So that's how I felt about Taylor Swift for a long time. I did like the 1989 album. I will sing along to 22 if it comes on. Let's just be very clear about that. Um, Generally speaking, though, I think the thing that annoys you, which is what annoys me, is like the way that she is so entitled, yet she gets up there and it's like she, I feel like she's always up on her stupid soapbox and I'm like, bitch, you know nothing about anyone's plight. You know what I mean? Like I think that she, she's just, she tries so hard to like compensate for her situation that it becomes so inauthentic and annoying and yeah. she's just always like angry. And like, I'm like an angry white woman and I get that and that's fine. But I feel like from her, it just comes from a place of, I feel like she feels like she, it's like overcompensation. Whereas like, I'm just like a genuinely angry person. Like she's not a genuinely angry person. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that she's like, to your point, entitled, prissy, privileged, little shit. Like that's yeah. how I feel about her. And I also think like the hype around her is insane too. Like oh, her music okay. isn't that great. So I just, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I listened to her shit with like teardrops on my guitar, which was like one of my favorite songs that she ever wrote. But then I realized that like, as she became more and more popular, it was just this like perfect brand image of hers that I couldn't stand. And I think what was really the nail in the coffin was like way back when apparently Nicki Minaj had gone on like a rant on Twitter. And I don't remember if you remember this, but it was around the Grammys. Now here's the thing. Having worked in the music industry, I kind of have a good idea of like how these music shows really work to a degree. And a Mm -hmm. lot of celebrities, especially musicians have come out and said that, you know, they're not huge fan of these Grammy shows because typically it's the studios that are kind of picking the winners and choosers based on like who they want to promote for that year. Right. Um, now I'm not going to say whether or not I have knowledge about that. I, I don't, but I will say that, um, Nicki Minaj was kind of speaking to that and especially around race, right? Because I guess she had been like dissed again for another year or she had been making some kind of comment about other celebrities or other musicians that hadn't gotten the, um, I guess the validation or the, uh, praise that they should have received from the Grammys and Taylor Swift went on Twitter and decided to make it all about her. (laughs) And Nicki Minaj had to straight up tell her like, honey, this isn't about you. Like, I'm not trying to fight you. I'm talking about something that's like a larger issue. Like, how are you making this about you? And then she came out and she was like, I have a lot of learning to do and blah, 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 blah. And like, I need to sit back and like, listen. And, and I just wanted to like claw my eyes out. Like, I don't like you. And I don't think like I, if I were to be in a room with her, I don't know if I would vibe with her either. Like it seems like her problems are very, very different than mine. And it's not because of money and it's not because of race. It's just because of, I don't know. 
she just seems annoying. Yeah. No, I think she like finds problems. And I think yeah. that's what's annoying about her. It's like, you're fucking looking yeah. for problems and I just need you to like enjoy your cat Meredith and like sit in the corner and just continue to play your guitar. And like, I think we'll all be happy anyway. Okay. So really quickly now, um, because again, we were, I feel like we're like just divert diversion, diversion today, but anyway, so to bring it back to her private jet usage. Um, so her reps came out and were like, just for the record, um, Taylor loans out her private jet, like almost on a daily basis to other individuals. And so basically saying she should not be, you know, she's not necessarily accountable for, all of the carbon emissions. And I think it was something like almost 8,000 tons of carbon emissions from January, 2022 until now. So it's not even a full year. And I believe her jet has flown. I think it's once a day. It's like 300 days and we're, so maybe more than once a day at this point. Um, It was just like crazy. And then the next, the next person on the list, I can't remember who it is. It wasn't Mark Wahlberg, but anyway, it might've been like Travis Scott. It was someone up there. Um, and their emissions were like four, like three or 4,000. So she was like more than double the second person on the list. And she, and like Kylie didn't even make it to the top 10. So again, all of the hate that, that Kylie got, she's nowhere near as bad as Taylor. Um, it's just, I think what pisses me off uh about all of this is really that like, we know the earth is burning. Like we can all agree with that. (laughs) Like the earth is burning, like everything's falling to shit. And like some of these celebrities, especially those that are on that list, have talked about global warming and how they're trying to do better. And then you yeah. come out and see that like, no, the laws, the regulations, all of these things, it's only the plebs that have to uphold it. Yeah. Like, we don't really care. Like, And well, that us- just pisses me the fuck off so bad. Well- I saw something t- uh, today or yesterday. It was like a video. It was, it was obviously someone mocking it. And it was like, well, guys, just remember that for every 10,000 plastic straws that we don't use, Kylie gets to ride her jet for seven minutes. So just remember the cause. Or 10 billion or something. It's not 10,000. It's like 10 billion or 10 million straws. Oh um, but so, yeah, the, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is like... No, no, no. I sent you another one. And I think that one was better where it was like me sitting there trying to like drink my Starbucks drink with my cardboard straw watching like how many times like Kylie's gone on her private jet. Yeah. Oh God, I, I really do hate those straw. fucking carton straws though. They're the, the worst. They're the, They're the worst. worst. Cause like, you know, by the time you, get, anyway, I, I, I do agree. I think paper straws are the worst, which is why I think it's very important that everybody has their arsenal of metal straws. straws I also yes. like glass straws more because you can see what you're cleaning in them. Um, mm, like and, that. and I do like the sweet potato or like the yam straws, but anyway, oh, um, moral of the story is, is that I think like, it's just like, just fucking acknowledge also, bitch, we saw your fucking documentary that you were so excited about on Netflix. And we know that you're on your fucking jet every four minutes. I know that she was on tour during that, but like, just don't up to it. I don't, that, that's the thing, right? Hey, yes, I do have like two private jets. Yes. That they're in use all the time. Yes. It's awful for the environment, but this is why I'm doing it. Don't just sit here and fucking deflect. That's what pisses me off about this situation. It's like, you want to sit here and get on your soapbox about everything, but this, which is ramifications for someone other than yourself and your fucking bank account. And suddenly it's, you're going to go ahead and you're going to deflect and you're going to blame all of your fucking friends. How do you think she fucking came back to the United States for uh, Serena? Wait, what the fuck is her name? Selena Gomez's 30th birthday the other day. You think she flew commercial? Because I promise you she didn't. 
Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's very annoying to me. I'm like personally not happy about it. I think, I think that there need to be some sort of like regulations around that usage. But you're not know going to because these are the people with the money, right? What? The end of the day, money makes the world go round. Well, until it it mm. burns and there's none of us left. But <laughs> don't say that. Sorry. Okay. Just, am I being too real today? Oh my god. Anyway, on all that. <laughs> On on, on all all, those notes. On all those notes. um, We'll see y'all on Wednesday. We have some pretty good content coming up. We're going to be talking about um, the infamous Hunter Moore. And I don't know if you've heard about this person yet, Alina, but um, I'm excited for what we're going to chat about. So, No, I'm excited. I'm going to go watch it tonight, actually. Yeah. And for those who don't know, it's uh, Netflix's new documentary series called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Um, Trust me, you will definitely hate this person. Um, And so we'll be talking about that on Wednesday. So if you guys want to prepare, I'd highly recommend going to check that out and then uh, see us on Wednesday to learn more about the, uh, the bullshit of this human being. The audacity. I'm excited. I need someone else to hate in this world. So (laughs) let's do it. All right. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 